0: Yeah, I just want to finish up real quick the end of the Luther reading that we had. So this is on, on this goofy-sized copy. It's page uh, 102. So yeah, what we're going to talk about today is uh, godparents or sponsors. So, again, I have multiple godchildren I have three. I don't know. Maybe people ask me to do it more than other people. Uh, comes with the territory or something. I don't know. Paul, do you have any godchildren? Do you have godparents? So some people, yeah, don't even like do it. This it's fine. Um, all right, so 102, on the, the back of this Luther reading, where this is, this is coming from Luther, talking about uh, baptism. Um, we'll just start at the very top of that. Remember, remember therefore, that it is no joke to take sides against the devil, and not only to drive him away from the little child, but to burden the child with such a mighty and lifelong enemy. Remember too that it is very necessary to aid the poor child with all your heart and strong faith, earnestly to intercede for him, that God, in accordance with this prayer, would not only free him from the power of the devil, but also strengthen him so that he may nobly resist the devil in life and death. And I suspect that people turn out so badly after baptism because our concern for them has been so cold and careless we at their baptism interceded for them without zeal. So, I mean, right away, it's like, isn't that interesting? He's not blaming people falling away on... Like, he's not blaming the people, is he? Like, It's, it's you. It's up to you. Um, it's quite interesting to see that. So, I don't know... Um, what do we think about people when they fall away from the church? You know, whose, whose fault is that? Um, it's easy to look at the people and to kind of blame them. But uh, you're not baptized as an individual by yourself. You're baptized into a community. You're baptized into a church. And you're actually given all these people who are here, who are your actual brothers and sisters, and... And your, your baptized brothers and sisters are closer to you than even your uh, blood brothers and sisters. And so it's a great shame for us to just kind of let people go. I have one left, and you can share it. So yeah it is uh, it, it's like I said in the, in the sermon like Christianity is not the easiest religion in the world it's not the largest religion in the world because it's the easiest religion. there are other religions that are cooler uh, maybe even seem a little better um, you know i don't know if you if you're into the Baha'i religion. They have like the coolest buildings. And you can believe anything if you want to, if you're in Baha'i. It's like, ah, oh, it's awesome. What? It. I went to one of them and I was like I felt I actually felt tricked when I went to the Baha'i Temple. Because it's like they had like all my readings in there. They had all like my Jesus stuff, but then they put it together with like all the other people. And I was like, hey, that's not that's not that's not okay. You can't do that. And, um, But yeah, Christianity is not the biggest religion because it's the easiest one. It's, it's actually the truth. This is true. This stuff is real. And that's why it is. That's why it overcomes incredible odds uh, at, at the beginning of, of the church, you know? So, yeah. Oh, I was say 1.8 Muslims. Billion Muslims. Yeah, and how many billion Christians are there? Yeah, I mean, it is the biggest... I didn't look up the stats on that, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It's awesome. It's... We believe it because it's true. And, uh... Yeah, not because it's easy. In fact, if, if you actually, you know, follow the rules, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult. So... Yeah. Wouldn't it be like half the world? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, somewhere around half the world is Christian. Is that a good or a bad thing? It's a great thing. Um, yeah. Why do you think the world is a nice place? In general, because Christianity. Okay? Um, I mean, before Christianity, we were really into, like, uh, you know, gladiators and burning people for fun. I don't know. I, it doesn't personally strike my fancy. Um, hey, what are you guys doing on Friday night? Well, we're just going to go down to the Colosseum and watch some people get hacked to death and uh, tortured. Hmm. Huh. Okay, well, that's not really possible with Christianity. Number one, because we were the people getting hacked and tortured, and two, because like that's not how we treat people. So there's actually a better way to live than the brutality that the world has to offer. You know, this sort of Cain and Abel existence. So, um, yes, but it. it, it all right, uh, now remember two. The second paragraph. That in baptism, the external things are the least important, such as blowing under the eyes, signing with the cross, putting salt into the mouth, putting spittle and clay into the ears and nose, anointing the breast and shoulders with oil, signing the crown of the head with the chrism, putting on the christening robe, <laughs> placing a burning candle in the hand, and whatever else has been added by man to embellish baptism. Uh, sometimes Luther does this. He'll just like, go on these like, big old long lists, and it's great. Uh, for most assuredly, baptism can be performed without all these. And they are not the sort of devices and practices from which the devil shrinks or flees. He sneers at greater things than these. Here is the place for real earnestness. So all those things, they're cool. We like them. But they're not the thing that makes baptism baptism. Although I was reading, uh, so in the, in the early church, here's a great word, sfragus. You ever heard of that? Spragus? It's my favorite Scottish dish. Uh, um, but it is... Uh, it's what the giving of the cross is called. The Sphragas. And, um, and the early fathers wrote that the, the demons tremble at the Sphragas, at the sign of the cross. So we normally think about it the other way around, that we are frightened of demons. That's why we're so interested in them, right? Because we're scared of them. But it's actually the other way around. The demons are horrified of, of you. The demons are terrified of you. Like, uh oh. This is why they fight so hard against us, too, because they're, they're horrified by you. They see you and they see, well, you remember this? What happens when Jesus comes upon demons? Whoa! 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 We know who you are. Uh Can, can we talk this out? <laughs> ah! Take it easy. That's what the demons uh, see with you. They're like ah, oh, I. You want to compromise on this somehow? But no, they're they're horrified of you. So because of what has been given you in baptism. So. Uh, See to it, therefore, that you are present in true faith, listen to God's word, and earnestly join in prayer. For when the priest says, let us pray, he is exhorting you to unite with him in prayer. And all sponsors and others present should repeat with him the words of his prayer in their hearts to God. For this reason, the priest should say these prayers very clearly and slowly. I apologize for rushing through prayers sometimes. You rush through prayers ever at home, or do you say them clearly and slowly? And if you can do it in one breath, right? That's the that's how you know what a good uh, prayer is, right? <laughs> You can do come Lord Jesus in one breath in like five seconds, right? And you're you're good. You said your prayer. <laughs> so yeah, say them very clearly and slowly so that the sponsors may hear them and comprehend them. And also pray with him with one accord in their hearts, carrying the little child's need before God most earnestly setting themselves against the devil with all their strength on behalf of the child, and showing that they realize this is no joke as far as the devil is concerned. No joke. This is no joke. Serious business. No joke. For this reason, it is right and proper not to permit drunken and boorish priests to baptize or such people to serve as sponsors. But decent, moral, earnest, and pious priests and sponsors ought to be chosen, who can be expected to treat the matter with seriousness and true faith, lest the holy sacrament be made a mockery for the devil and an insult to God, who through it showers us with the abundant and infinite riches of his grace." He himself calls it a new birth by which we are being freed from all the devil's tyranny, loosed from sin, death, and hell, and become children of life, heirs of all the gifts of God, God's own children, and brethren of Christ. That's what's given to you in, in holy baptism. Okay, And again, it doesn't matter how you feel about it. That's how the Lord feels about it, and that's what matters. Pious. Oh, man. Can anyone define pious to me? There Holy. Well, he's using it a good way though. Right. right. Yeah, pious. You know, I would. Uh, here we go. Compliant in the observance of religion, reverent, or devout. reverent or devout. That's pretty good. Reverent or devout. Yeah. There's uh. There's only like one rule for. For Christian worship, I have three. But there's really only one. It's just be reverent. Take it seriously. Are oh, you Sure, yeah. Yeah. So be reverent. And then along with that comes. Uh, you can at the same time, right? You can, yeah. Uh, reverence also requires humility. So. There's really two rules. Be reverent, which requires humility. See, all these things are given to you. Ah, dear Christians, let us not value and administer this unspeakable gift so indolently. There's a good one. I didn't look up that word. Do you know what it means? Indolent. Uh well, let's just keep going. And, and indifferently. For baptism is our only comfort. And amidst to every blessing of God and to the communion of all the saints, to this may God help us. Baptism is our only comfort. How about that? Yeah. Defile. No Huh? Means to defile. Oh, in, indolent, really? You think? El- lazy. Lazy. Oh, lazy. Uh, I mean, how often do I think of my baptism as my only comfort, right? Well, before God, it's all I've got, right? Um, I mean, where do we usually look for comfort when it comes to us and God? It's, it's usually like we're looking for fruits of the Spirit, right? You can check your tithing record, right? Say, well, how much have I given? Where is my heart actually? Um, but yeah, your baptism is your only source of comfort. It's kind of crazy. But it's given you everything. So remember that, too. I mean, I was just shocked yesterday listening to this Muslim lady talk about, like, it just, I mean, literally a checkbox. And you just, she's like, okay, I did 20% of it now. And you're like, what in the world? Yeah, and then Ellie was like, uh, this surprises you? This is what people do with church all the time. Get confirmed. You don't have to come back. Get baptized. You." baptized. You're done. You know, it's like... But what we have is like... uh, It's all everything all the time. Like, you're given the whole thing. We don't cut it into pieces. You're given the whole thing. So in your holy baptism, like, you got it all. You don't... There's no levels. You're not progressing to the next thing. It's... Yeah. I mean, did anyone else, like, grow up with, like, other people in their confirmation class who... We're just open about not having to ever go back to church after they were done. Yeah. This is Wisconsin, right? Illinois, but yeah. I mean, this, again, the Midwest, it's like this cultural Lutheranism thing. It's like so, you know, lucky you. You grew up Methodist in the Midwest, and so you didn't have to deal with this stuff. But, uh, you know, it's crazy. You're like, oh, yeah, now I don't have to come back. Yeah. How many times in confirmation are we just like hauling kids up in front of the church to lie? I think we should not do that. I don't encourage it. I'd rather have a kid be like, I'm not sure I'm into this, than get up and lie. Uh, All right. For the time being, I did not want to make any marked changes in the order of baptism but I would not mind if it could be improved. (laughs) Its framers were careless men who did not sufficiently appreciate the glory of baptism. However, in order to spare the weak consciences, I am leaving it unchanged, lest they complain that I want to institute new baptism and criticize those baptized in the past as though they had not been properly baptized. For as I said, the human additions do not matter very much as long as baptism itself is administered with God's word True faith and serious prayer. Herewith we commit you to the Lord. Amen. So, so is he saying that um, a lazy pastor, and, and if you get baptized by a lazy pastor, it doesn't count? No, he's not saying it doesn't count. He's saying that we need to take this seriously. Okay? okay. And lazy pastors should get kicked out for being lazy pastors, yeah. I know some. I mean, I am one, but I try not to be. Um, Yeah, Lazy, you get a lot of learning. Thank you. I'll take it. That takes sitting around a lot. It does take sitting around a lot. Which is why I built a standing desk. Uh huh, see? I have a question. Yes. So, you know how we're supposed to. But what about like you know when somebody goes to heaven and they can they get judged and go to hell or or stay in heaven? Are we supposed to turn away friends that are like bad? Or uh, like dead friends? No. I say if you have friends that well, I mean here's the deal they like um can we judge other people's actions and whether they're like actually righteous or sinful well yeah duh we can right that's that's actually i mean our whole entire legal system is based on that, of course you can right God gives us our our brain and all these things, and of course we can judge what people are doing. I mean, do you think it's good to, like, hang around people who are doing bad stuff? Or? Yeah. Why? Because you change your mind. You might, but, you know. Uh, sometimes they change your mind, too. So, you know. Whatever. It's you got to judge it person by person, right? Like, like, when you told me not to go to yeah so what we're saying about baptism here they don't believe any of this right? so there's a different way to look at baptism as this is your commitment to God you do not find that in the Bible at all that's crazy what? that uh, thinking that baptism is your commitment to God I actually say this, I mean, I've, I've seen it, not in person. Uh, I get obsessed every once in a while with watching other churches <laughs> on YouTube, Wait, but... I mean, what, the question I'm asking is a little more personal. Should, oh. Personal. Well, yes. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. All the stuff that we're saying here about baptism, they're not saying this at other churches. They're like, oh yeah, yeah this, is, uh, this is you making a decision for Jesus, and it's <laughs> like... This is actually Jesus deciding for you. Yeah. I mean, I thought James was good. They have, like, good music um, that I like singing. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing about this stuff, too, is it's uh, it's tricky, right? So, they're still Christians, and we still love them, but, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. How is it dangerous? Because they're teaching wrong things. Yeah. So, they're not teaching wrong things like Islam, but they're teaching things that are against the Bible and that Jesus says. I think that's pretty serious. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. When you baptize someone and, like, the thing you say to them is, like, have you decided to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? And then baptize them, you're like, Oh, okay. And you don't baptize babies because Jesus doesn't accept babies. You know, like, I don't... This is bizarre. Maybe you should go with this tonight. I'm not going... I'm, I'm not going to Change Point. I watched it on the internet. I just want to know what other people are up to. So, you should also know that uh, for the vast majority of, of the history of the church... Everyone baptized babies. It was only about 500 years ago. Some people started saying we probably shouldn't baptize babies. So it's yeah. oh so um, but here is what we are looking at. So so you think going there would be a, like glorifying <laughs> babies being baptized? Really not being baptized by pressure, I don't um, oh, <laughs> I don't want to glorify that. alright so yeah as I said, uh, I have three godchildren of my own. Um, luckily, all their parents take them to church, and so it's like doing good. uh One of them is a pastor who uh, pastors kids and the other ones are also like very faithful people, so I don't have to like do much work as a godparent. probably should do more but um yeah, so what are? godparents. Godparents have a very long history in the church. Um, originally it was just the parents bring kids. Okay. Entire households are being baptized. Um, so here's an interesting little writing from someone named, uh, Egeria. Um, was a lady who went on a uh, she was from Spain and she ends up in, in Jerusalem and she's witnessing um, initiation or baptism uh, here's, here's how it goes this is 4th uh, century in Jerusalem um, she reports an 8 week period of Lent that included 41 days of fasting, excluding Saturdays and Sundays. So we have that. That's what, that's what, this is where Lent comes from, okay? It's a preparation for baptism. Uh, baptism at the Easter Vigil. Catechumens enrolled for baptism on the Sunday before the period of fasting began on Monday. On the second day, the bishop took his seat in the Martyrium, the main assembly hall of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which you can go there still, uh, surrounded by the presbyters and other clergy. The candidates for baptism were brought individually before the bishop, the men by their fathers, and the women by their mothers. See, these are godfathers and godmothers. Um, A detailed inquiry was made of the person's neighbors concerning the manner of life and whether serious vices had been engaged in. Those found unsatisfactory were turned away with instructions to amend their lives. The bishop wrote down the names of those accepted for baptism. Um, On the the fast days of Lent, the clergy exercised the candidates each morning after their dismissal from the morning office. Uh, Then the bishop's chair was set up in the martyrium and he 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 gave catechesis teaching to the candidates and any of the faithful who chose to come. Um, the teaching was a scriptural syllabus covering the whole Bible, beginning with Genesis, and giving the literal meaning, meaning, and then explaining the spiritual sense. The instruction lasted for three hours from six to nine o'clock each day. So this is what um, Lent looks like in the fourth century in Jerusalem. and But you catch this thing at the very beginning, Who brings these people in? Well, they they have godmothers, godfathers. They have sponsors, all right? These sponsors are basically signing off on them, saying, yeah, this person's actually serious about this. Now, remember, we don't do baptism by fire hose and just, like, drive by people and douse them with water and like hope that it works. Okay. Um and this is like troubling to people sometimes, but I don't I don't think it should be. Um this is why I'm always very hesitant to baptize people who I have no idea who they are and they just kinda come here out of the blue and they don't know, you know. Uh, it's like, well who are you and why do you want this, right? Which are questions that you can ask and answers that can be given, of course. But yeah, it's like, we, yeah. It's also a tough thing to say no to someone for baptism, right? It was like, I've never seen this kid before and I'm never going to see him Again. Okay, tell me again why this is so important. Um, so, and by the way, our answer in the church, whether it's for communion or for baptism or whatever, is never just no. It's never blanket no. It's always like, yeah, well, not yet. Uh, let's talk about stuff. Let's let's learn together. Let's figure this out. So, um, but that that's the early role of of godparents they bring the person to baptism and uh sign off for them and also this is a big deal because early in the church remember christianity is kind of a secret thing um they don't just put this stuff out there for everyone instead it's um because they're being persecuted and so, when you have a baptismal sponsor, this is someone saying, this guy is not a spy, alright? When we let them in here, they're not going to... I went to a funeral this week, and um, I had to sign the like contact tracing sheet at so the door. To... Basically, yes. Yeah. It's a good thing. I had to sign the sheet. You know, going into the church. And we're supposed to do this. And uh, honestly, no way. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot imagine a world in which I'm like, yes, dear government, here is a list of everyone who was at my church for the last two months or whatever. Like, I, don't, I don't think so. Like, we've been through this before. Um, nah, I, we're not going to do that. that. That's a little much you know because that's what's going on here so you got people coming in and then finding out who the christians are and then uh persecuting them and and, and killing them you know they're like yeah, let, let, let's not do that so i felt a little weird signing the thing i wasn't going to like yell at the person you know i wasn't going to yell at the nice lady at the table making me sign the thing but you know, that's why we're not doing that here because it seems a little. It was a little much to me, um, but yeah. So th- this is where where sponsors come from, though, because um, you don't always know where people are coming from. Now we don't we don't have a, the exact same issues in our church today, do we? Um, so when you bring like your baby here for baptism, I'm not asking for some like. Proof that you guys are really, really in it for the long haul, right? I do ask you that, um, but that's kind of what our our baptismal sponsors has tr- transitioned into is people who are going to actually see to it that this kid essentially like stays in church and and loves Jesus, and um, so we have a whole entire separate right used to enroll members uh, as sponsors. So again, and this one's not in your hymnal, although it is in our baptismal rite, isn't it? There's a little section in there. And oftentimes we skip it because I don't have anyone here. Um, I did a couple of weeks ago, we had a baptism for uh, Levi Rollins, and we enrolled his godparents via the internet first time I've ever done that, so that's kind of fun, you know, but you can do that. Um, my kids had, uh, one of them had uh, proxy godparents, so they stood up and answered in the place of the other people. This is before the era of, like, Zoom things, or maybe would have done that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so, they should be there. It's It's good, so... All right, uh, let's let's go through this. Enrollment of sponsors. How, by the way, what do you think the difference is between saying godparent and sponsor? And it's it's practically the same thing. But why do you think we like go back and forth? Now I was gonna watch The Godfather in preparation for this today. Is that like appropriate for It's been a it's been a long time since I've seen The Godfather. One, two, three, or four, or seventeen. I don't know how many there are, but like what's his role as like Marlon Brando's The Godfather, right? Anyone has anyone seen this? This is like a movie everyone's supposed to have seen, right? Ah, well it's one of those movies though where you do actually have like a, a... Uh, baptism scene it's always interesting to see what they do in those but um, yeah I guess I'll have to watch it again Um, but I I don't know what the difference is between sponsor and godfather it's you well where do we get the term where else do we use the term sponsor today Yeah, so that's what I think of as like AA meetings or whatever, Anonymous. You always have a sponsor. Yeah, so and what's that person's role? To make sure that you're okay and know the steps and talk to you you have any concerns. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're doing with baptism. It's almost the same exact role. Um, AA has like so many quasi-religious elements to it, you know? It's almost a religion on its own. Yeah. Uh, and it can become that for some people. It's a good thing, and it works, but it's, uh, you, you can get religiously devoted to it. I'd like to say what the Buddha said is like way of life. Like yeah. But, uh, but they also have religious views, and they're like, you pray to God. The same prayer that we used earlier, you also use that, Yeah, Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because they do, like... But it's not too capital G God, right? It's the God of your own understanding, right? Understanding. Yeah, they so... Can, they can't make it too religious because they have people there that aren't... Right. And that's what's kind of funny about it to me, too, is that, like, atheists go into AA and they still have yeah. to have, like, the God of their own so understanding. They like to a higher power. Higher power. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Anyways, it's, uh... Yeah. Alright, one. Uh, this rite is used to enroll members of the Evangelical Lutheran Church as baptismal and catechetical sponsors. That's something I would like to explore. Is having um, I've seen this in churches before where, where you also have sponsors for kids who are going through catechesis, confirmation. I think that would be a wonderful thing to have. Um, yeah, and it, it, it is... You know, the AA guys are smart. They didn't make this up, right? Uh, it, it actually works, you know? I hear this from people, you know, who fall away from the church. One of the reasons why people fall away from the church is, is they're like, well, no one cared. I've been gone for however long and no one cared, you know? They feel like they don't have sponsors. They feel like they don't have anyone there who does care about them. And it's, it's hardly ever actually true, you know. I mean, everyone who's missing from our church, I do care about them, and I think about them all the time, right? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's hardly ever true that we don't care, but that's how you can feel. He moved to Michigan. Yeah. And it's kind of weird, too, because, like, he, I don't really know, he, like, he kind of stopped taking my calls, too. So sometimes that happens, where people will leave, and then they won't answer my phone calls. Part of it, I think, is that they know that I, like, get paid to call them, basically. So, well, of course, you have to care, you know. So it does actually help, you know. If you guys check up on each other when you think something is going on, you know, because they know I have to. <laughs> uh, but but it does mean a lot. So, but yeah, that's I think like having a, the catechetical sponsors I think would be really good. Um, it is most appropriate that baptismal candidates have at least two sponsors who also serve as witnesses at the candidate's baptism. This is good. You know why? Because, like, you need people in your life who are going to say, oh, yeah, I was there. I saw that. This is why people come to your wedding, too. So that when you show up to church and say, oh, yeah, we're getting divorced. Say, well, I was at your wedding and I heard the vows that you took and they're the same vows I took hey well <laughs> you don't get to just like run off and, 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 and change your mind all these people were there that's why they're there so it's the same with thing with baptism it's like it's really good to have people around who remember seeing you baptized you know because you don't remember right I don't remember I was a month old but I know uh, my parents are progressive. I have two godmothers. Hmm. Um, and they were both there. You know, They knew. They know what's going on. Um, but yeah, that's what we're looking for. We want, we want people to be there for things that we're going to have a hard time remembering. Right? It's the most important thing in the world. So adult catechumens... Who are being enrolled in the congregation 's catechumenant and have already been baptized may be assigned one sponsor when there 's only one sponsor or only one parent of a child, the wording of the rite will need to be adjusted accordingly. Uh, so this is an interesting thing um, in I believe the Church of england they they tell you to have three sponsors, three godparents um, Two of the opposite sex and one of your own. So I would have two godmothers and one godfather. Um, I, was, I didn't write these numbers down, but... Throughout history, there has been really interesting rules about how many um, godparents you have. In, I think it was in like France in the medieval ages. Like they started getting a little crazy... And requiring you to have something like 32 godparents. (laughs) It's just like... (laughs) Yeah, so there's been, like... And then, like, sometimes you're allowed to be related to them. And sometimes you're not allowed to be related to them. And then other times it's had to be the actual parents of the children. Uh, But other times it's, like, you know, they're not allowed to be. So it's... There's been a lot of... uh, uh, Yeah, rules about these things. So... Now, I think contrast this with, like, what people normally think the role of godparents is. Like, how do people normally pick godparents? I mean, I mean, what we all, like, generally think is, like, my godparents take care of me if my parents die, you know? And that's not, like, actually. Like, we don't really even say anything about that here. That's, I mean, if they write you into the will like that, then, then let it be so, but that's not our primary concern here. Um, the concern is that if you all of a sudden stop taking your kids to church, you got these two people over there who are going to, like, uh, give you a spanking and and tell you to, like, to shape up. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. On um, Our, like, membership forms, have so many... Our membership forms have so many different like incarnations here, so I don't know like what version you got if you ever did, but like on one of them it, there's actually a line. It says like, uh, "I want this church to call me to account if I end up living a sinful lifestyle," and you, you sign it. And I'm like, hmm. Well, I say that now, right? Well, guess when I don't want to hear that. Oh, when I'm living in sin, you know, for whatever reason. But that's the reason. And this is the reason why we, like, do things like take marriage vows. Because we're like, oh, yeah. So, um, it's kind of cool, right? 70 years. And you're like, okay. My guess is that at some point in those 70 years, they were like, well, I did vow to care for this person in sickness and in health and uh, highs and lows, richer for poorer, you know. So, let's stick with that and get through it. I mean, the reason why we, like, make you take these marriage vows is because we know that you don't know what you're doing. You think you're getting married because you love this person. What happens when you don't? (laughs) Because <laughs> you know that'll happen sometime, and you're like, "What in the world am I doing? Who is this person? I don't even know who they are." I'm like, ah, well, we knew that would happen, okay? And it, you know, <laughs> and it's fine. It's like, okay, this is why you took some vows. Let's look at those and figure this out. So, it's as Bonhoffer says that uh, it's not it's not marriage that sustains the love. Or it's, it's not love that sustains the marriage, but marriage that sustains the love. So, I love my wife because she's my wife. Oh, and the Lord gave her to me. I'm Adam and Eve, alone in the garden. Oh. Look at that. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Finally, there's someone for me. I don't need more animals. <laughs> uh... I mean, isn't it wonderful to read that with this couple who's been married for 70 years? I mean, like, oh, look at that. Uh, there they are. So, but yeah, it's it's this is this is why the church is here. You know, one of the reasons why the church is here. Accountability partners are like all the rage in evangelical circles, but little did you know that you. You've had your own here for a long time, too. So... If you go slithering off somewhere... Like, don't be surprised... When... We come chasing after you. Say, hey! What are you doing? Where you been? Oh, uh... Uh... I was trying to come up with some hypothetical sins. But, um... I won't do that. So... Um... Alright, so... Th- We'll keep talking about godparents next week since it's such a huge thing. And odds are you will be asked to be godparents sometime in your life. And uh, it's not something you take lightly, you know? And you kind of think, can I actually do this? Um, You know, I wonder that about my own uh, children scattered across the United States. They're actually all in the Midwest, and we all know I'm not moving back there. So, Although, I was in Kansas last week, and I found it to be incredibly beautiful. It was amazing. Been to Kansas? Was green? Huh? Was it all green still? Nah, it was kind of getting brown. Uh-huh. So, yeah. It was beautiful. I couldn't believe it. It's like the best-kept secret. They're not telling anyone how wonderful Kansas is. Yeah, so. um, Let's see. Well, let us pray. Lord, you always grant growth to your church. We pray that we ourselves um, would continue to grow in your word and spirit, and that we would ever uh, be brought further into your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.